With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the OFD podcast. It's a special night. You're on the podcast. That's right. We're talking hashtag dad life. Brought to you by Josh and June. Two dads that have to sneak into their offices at night after their kids have gone to sleep just to talk a little Notre Dame football. It's a wonderful thing. So welcome to the podcast, Sal. <laughs> I about fell asleep. I was so fucking tired from dealing with the kids all day. Jude, how you doing? Uh, same here. Thank God for the O'Neill brothers. They they know how to put you in a mood. They they really do, man. And the, the Rudy lullaby that's that, that was that was a song made to be made into a lullaby. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so look, tonight we just. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, and yet there really isn't. So, what we're just kind of gonna do? We're gonna talk about being dads, I guess. You know, kids, and what that means as Notre Dame fans, Notre Dame alum, how you raise your kids. You know, we're and we are not telling you how to raise your kids. So don't don't flip <laughs> off the off button right there. I will never tell anybody how to raise their kids, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, just uh, just different things that uh, that we do all like within the Notre Dame realm. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of like, look, we said it from the jump, not even us. You know, Clark Lee said from the jump of spring ball, you know, like, hey, we don't have a depth chart. We're going to mess around with these linebackers or and he says it with a really much calmer voice. Uh, but uh, and lo and behold, look what's going on. They're just they're shit moving all over the place. They're trying shit all over. If you want to make anything out of it, go ahead. That's your right as a fan and as a journalist, if you're out there uh, writing about this stuff. But um, it's really been exactly what they said. There's just a whole lot of, you know, we're not going to know until fall. And I guess everything everything is just really, you know, up for debate. So we're going to take a night off of debate and all that because, I mean, what's the point right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I was hoping to do a little deep dive on, on Hunter Spears' uh, injury concerns, but uh, if you want to take a night off, I mean, I suppose we could do that. So. No, we, you know, I put out the bat signal for questions for this and thought I might trip a couple of the uh, of our readers and followers out there up with the dad life. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, funny story or a question. And the only this is just how this is such a bad shout into the abyss, I guess. The only thing we get back is is uh, Frank asking us, uh, is Hunter Spears going to be ready? <laughs> I'm asking questions about dad life, and he's asking me, is Hunter Spears going to be ready for the fall? I mean, Hunter Spears' dad probably wants to know if he's going to be ready for the fall. So <laughs> I think Hunter Spears' dad probably already knows. But <laughs> his, just to answer the question, Spears' status is the same as it's been a month ago. He's out all of spring. He's healing. They expect him to be back to start the fall camp. How far along he gets from fall camp uh, 
to this, you know, to the start of season is anybody's guess. He's a freshman. So we really have nothing to go on other than the fact is he's had injuries in the past. So how, you know, how he, and, it, and it's two ACL tears in the same knee, if I've understood it correctly too. Yeah, right? It seems like a rough knee. Yeah. Uh, so well, that's all. That's a, the epitome of a, we're going to have to wait and see. I was <laughs> um, going to say to no. expect anything from Hunter Spears in the, in the 2019 football season is to, I think to expect a lot. I mean, could he see some time in, in the kind of the four game uh, red shirt rotation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it depends on if he's ready. I mean, like you said, the reports are that, you know, when August uh, comes, you know, that he's going to be back. And so is Jamie on Franklin, who has uh, the, the torn quad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know. I just started thinking about it. The Whenever they say rip from the bone or rip from the bone, from the is bone like, I'm like the phrase I'm, that scares me to death. Yeah. So. Um, you know, both Spears and, and Franklin are expected to be back. And then Howard Cross will be coming in June. Um, so he's supposed to have a role there too. Uh, so, you know, but look, that's the time. That's, that's something that can be figured out in July and August. That Hunter Spears is not the guy you're going to be, you're going to be relying on, on the interior. And I, and I know that it gets, it gets a little dicey when you think about, well, if somebody else suffers an injury, where do we go from here? But right now uh, I think they've got three solid guys and, and maybe, um, you know, three more that could contribute in some way. Yeah, and the, look, defensive tackle is probably the biggest question mark of all, right? For sure. Yeah. And I, lo- I loved what, uh, what the guys in the Irish Illustrated podcast basically said, because everyone keeps asking about Darnell Ewell. And they're like, why aren't you talking about him? <laughs> and they're like, look, there's a reason we're not talking about him. And we're not trying to be, they basically said they're not trying to be dicks and say that he's just not a good football player. But that's basically what they just said there was like, he's not, Look, it's just not cut out for this kind of for this level. And yeah, so to expect I, 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 anything from that, is, is, you know, is another another thing that you're just shouting in the abyss about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess what my advice would be to all the people asking about Darnell Ayul is like, take the hint. Right. So you've got the Irish Illustrated guys and then you have Eric Hansen in his mailbag from a couple of days ago and said, uh, I'm quoting here. Darnell Yule is an intelligent, brutally powerful athlete who lacks instincts to excel at his position. He's not lazy, not toxic, not uncoachable. Because of that last sentence, I don't think it was a wasted scholarship. Sometimes things just don't work out. Like the book that's, has been definitively closed on Darnell Yule. Like he will continue to be on the team until he decides he doesn't want to be on the team. Um, but you know, there's just no, there's no opportunity for Darnell Yule. And I just don't think I'll ever regret saying those words. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say this too about Darnell. I, I really can't remember who else was recruiting him. Um, you know, during all that, he, he's a kid from Virginia. I imagine probably the, you know, a lot of ACC schools and all that, but you kind of wonder how that breaks down because, you know, no one really saw this coming. So this wasn't like, so, like you're saying, you know, he was rated high for a reason. They were not taking a flyer on a guy right. ranked in the 300s or 500s or right. whatever. He was a top right. 100 but, recruit. Uh, but, which, is, which is why everyone's got such great interest. I mean, this was right. a highly ranked defensive tackle. That's Notre Dame normally doesn't, you know, they're not a big defensive tackle recruiting school. We've gotten some really good ones, but like the schools that do the best, you know, they're just stacking them deep. That's not us. But what I find great about this is I, I, is is Darnell himself? I th- I think you know he he sees the value of a Notre Dame education, and so I I don't think any of this is really bothering. He has a daughter, and I and 
you know, not to be a guy, not to be that guy or, or a dick, but I, I just, I'm not sure how much he, I, I'm not sure how much he cares. Not to say that he doesn't care about football or that stuff, but what I'm saying is he's probably got some life goals ahead of him and that's to take care of his family. And he's th- he probably knows, hey, I'm not playing in the NFL. This, this Notre Dame education is going to get me somewhere. He's not going anywhere. Let's put it that way. All right. Yeah. I mean, he, he, <laughs> he's, he's, right he's, now he's earning a degree without paying for it from the University of Notre Dame that he knows is, is going to be worth um, you know, to him. Ha- I mean, half I, a million dollars, right? I'm not say, so. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to, to, to slide him at all in any means. But this is actually the danger. The danger. This is. This is the problem that Notre Dame has faced and will always face. And we talked about this during this was really evident, like during the Willingham and Weiss years eras of guys coming to Notre Dame. And, you know, we used to talk about like guys that lacked hunger, like they, they got to Notre Dame and, and there's not like a, like I got to do this or my family's going to starve. You know, they're there and they, and they know that they're, if they get that degree, Hey, they got a good setup going on. So there's a there's a lack of hunger from a lot of those players. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't really think Darnell really falls into that a whole lot, maybe. But but this is just kind of the kinds of kids you're going to get every once in a while. If this was a, if he was at Alabama, he would have been chased off that team, you know, last year. Um, so and that just doesn't have people have been really down on Kelly acting like he's the roster management's you know real there. And I'm sure there is a little bit of some, but. He, he doesn't go to those kind of extremes where he's just not working out on the field. So he's going to get rid of them. Darnell Yule's there. He's getting his degree. Kudos to him. I mean, right. I mean, to be honest with you, and I don't know if you read Matt Fortuna's profile of, uh, of Justin Brent in the athletic, but um, this reminds me of a Justin Brent situation, right? Justin also had a child when he was at Notre Dame and I feel like it changed his, you know, worldview. Now, Justin's still looking for an opportunity, you know, to catch on with an NFL team and, he still thinks there's, there's a niche for him on special teams. And, on, you know, and if he works hard enough, he'll be on an NFL team. Uh, that's fine. Um, but Justin Brent also realizes that his, you know, dual degrees from Notre Dame and Nevada are going to take him places that uh, football is not going to take him. And that's important to him. That's that's his new priority is is providing for his son and for his um, for his longtime you know, partner. Uh, so uh, to be to be honest with you, if that's what Darnell Ewell is doing, uh, you know, look, we've definitely had a lot worse on the team. So we've got, <laughs> we've got, we've got guys again, like Eric Hansen said, he's not toxic, right? He's if you would have been, if you would have been a three-star guy, nobody really be asking about him right now. Yeah, he's not, he's there, not committing he's, it. He's, he's not being committing anyone to buy by, Nautica jeans or whatever right. at the, at the UP mall to shoplift Nautica jeans or whatever that was, <laughs> or the sweatshirt or the, the jacket or whatever it was, you know? So um, I'm okay. I'm Darnell Yule is square with me as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think it was just a sweatsuit, wasn't it? I don't. I, you know, it's it's hard to keep track of uh, of all of Kevin Stefferson's misdeeds. You know, I just I, well, you know. wasn't Holmes involved in that too? Yes, yeah, CJ Holmes. Yeah, from, yeah, from Connecticut, who has the highest uh, <laughs> income per capita of any state. I don't, which I have no idea how how well off his family is. I'm just saying, it's just yeah. it's kind of comical. I mean, I wrote about <laughs> I wrote about speaking of Connecticut. I wrote about DJ Morgan transferring to UConn. I mean, like. Like, look, DJ Morgan couldn't find the field uh, while while he was while he was at Notre Dame. Uh, but if anybody needs people who know how to play a lick of defense, it's UConn. Oh, uh, for God's yeah, who is one of the worst. So, um, 
you know, obviously hope that works out for him. And, 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 and again, I root for any guy that got his degree from Notre Dame and then moved on. I think and, he, the, and he will the, be one come back, correct? Right. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the greatest tragedy when, you know, it's whether it's a uh, Parker Boudreaux or Jonathan McAllister or, you know, Tristan Hodge or whatever that they leave, um, before they, before they fulfill their, you know, their, uh, their, their academic requirements and they don't get that degree or whatever. Better keel. And, and, um, you know, what's that? Gunner Keel? Yes. Well, you know, you got to have people who have chest, you know, so that's what I heard at least. So, you know, let's, uh, let's, oh God. Yeah. Les oh, yeah, Miles, yeah. uh, uh, he's not wrong. <laughs> no, he, I, I mean, no one, no one reported him to old takes exposed on that one. No, he, you know, you know he's got Unless they were giving him the fire emojis. So, <laughs> oh shit. Well, I guess so. That kind of leads into what we're talking to tonight. We're talking about Darnell and Justin being being dads, and I can only imagine what that. You know, imagine you you'd go back to when you were in college. Can you imagine having a kid, uh, and then also having this your athletic responsibilities to retain your scholarship to get your college education? Can you imagine all that? No, oh, I was I was an idiot in college, and and you know the girl that I was dating in college is lucky to not be married to me and have a kid with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, you know, I just I, I give them a ton of credit for, um, you know, to, for taking responsibilities as dads and and putting their kids, uh, you know, prioritizing their kids. That's exactly what Justin's doing. I don't know Darnell's situation. I'm gonna assume uh, the best and just say that you know that's exactly what he's doing for his daughter. So you know. I could have used. Um, I had my first college. child when I was 32, and I I barely was ready. So you know, I clearly not one to speak on um, having a kid. You know, 10 years priority, even that. So. Oh man, I I, I probably could have used a kid in college just to keep me a little <laughs> grounded. I mean, I, I would have pitied those first couple of years uh, uh, for that child, but uh, at least it'd been something that would have said, "Hey, uh, you know, you can die if you do all this." <laughs> This stuff, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, but like, uh, you know, which is funny. I was a, uh, I was an uncle for the, I became an uncle for the first time when I was in college. I was uh, uh, in my sophomore year and uh, was pretty down on some things that year. We won't go into that darkness. Uh, but, um, but my, <laughs> my sister who was still in high school, uh, had called me up and had told me that, that she had gotten pregnant and I didn't have anything to say for the, for the person who, you know, I got fucking something to say about everything. Right. I was speechless for like five minutes. I didn't say anything. And, uh, and finally I was just like, okay, you know, and I, I gave her no advice, gave her no, I, I, it was just, it was very cold and I apologized profusely about it later on um but yeah it was just i was kind of shocked and blown away uh and the reason i'm telling you this because the funny thing is, is okay so she's young i think she was a junior in high school and and uh her boyfriend at the time now her husband they've been together 20 years now um wow. they uh you know he was he was a wrestler in high school uh he's scrawny as hell and then um so then they have this they have this baby and he is just a, he's a 10 pound monster like my sister is like 85 pounds. My brother-in-law is like, he wrestled in like 95. I mean, <laughs> very lean guy, very lean people. And there's this gigantic 10 pound baby that came out of her. 
Uh, <laughs> and so, and he's, he, he'll turn 21, uh, at the end of May, he's got his birthday and my, uh, my oldest son's birthday are just one day apart. Um, and, uh, so he tur- he'll turn 21 at the end of May. So I became an uncle early on and I've always felt really bad. I was like, I would, like now or not always, like now I feel really bad looking back. Like I was a really shitty uncle. Cause you know, I'll get, I might get a little shitty about like my, like my sisters or something like that. Not, not swinging by or something like, like, what do you mean? You know? And I'm like thinking about back those days, like shit, I was barely around. Like what the hell? <laughs> like what the hell, you know, Godfather, man, I was barely around, but it was funny raising him. You know, he's, they started off in, at my parents' house and my brother-in-law, his family owned uh, the body shop here in town, which I couldn't, t- dude, she couldn't, this couldn't have happened with a greater person. Um, his only downfall is that he is a diehard Michigan fan. So, Ooh. yeah, that's it's brutal. You take that out of the equation, you couldn't have found like a more perfect person. This guy is like, he if if they would have, they would have had like forty kids if it was up to him. Super great with kids. For me, his job owning a body shop has been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a lot of times you just yeah, kind of pull in there <laughs> uh, but uh, are they raising their children to be Michigan fans I'm worried that, and, you know, and that's the thing when he was a when he was just a baby baby you would put him down in front of the TV and with Notre Dame on and he would sit there and watch it and just like ah and Ben was such a good guy that there was we all basically like we're pushing Notre Dame on this child, like nobody's business, including my sister, um, <laughs> and who is a who's a twin actually. So, uh, you know, she had you know my uh, other sister, you know, attached at her damn hip. So this was all like brainwashing supreme, right? Like there was no way. So this is like the ultimate way to do it. So just from day one, everybody was all Notre Dame on this kid all the time, and and yes, he is a, a big time Notre Dame fan. Goes to the University of Finley. He's going to be a physical therapist. Uh, but it just, it's just kind of University funny. You know? of, University of Finley? Is that what you said? Yeah, Finley. Finley, Ohio. Okay. And it's a, uh, it's a what, big horse. It's what's a big the mascot horse? of Finley? Do you have any the, idea? The Oilers. The Oilers. All right. Because yeah, here's, a, here's a true story. Uh, my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law, <laughs> my wife's sister and her, and her husband, uh, they met at orientation when they went to Finley. <laughs> And then my, and then the, my, uh, the twin, the one that didn't have the child, she went to Finley. Whoa. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's an Euler legacy going on, but what's just funny is Finley is a huge, and I mean, huge, like equestrian school, equestrian and pharmacy and pharmacy. And nobody, nobody is into horses or pharmacy that went there from this whole <laughs> This whole line of people. So uh, just kind of funny. And my, um, my fraternity brother that I, I lived uh, room to the fraternity house, he was from Finley. So there's something about Finley, Ohio. I don't know. but uh... <laughs> And I bet you uh, Finley plays Notre Dame in some sports, right? But I'm not talking about the University of Notre Dame, but rather Notre Dame College, right? That the, I can... the, old, the old Falcons, you know, the Falcons of Notre Dame? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, Although, that's, speaking, that's, speaking a, of that's school, a thing that exists. <laughs> hey, speaking of high school, though, did you see the tweet I had out today of, of the recruit, the running back recruit from Mississippi? 
Trade no, I missed, I missed it. Fill me oh, you'll, you'll need to dial back. Check out those uniforms. Uh, little sidetrack here, but check out those uniforms Trey Benson's rocking with his high school. Okay. They do, they do the all green gold helmet shamrock. Looks exa- and the helmet looks exactly like the one we wore in Michigan uh, for our throwbacks. Oh, neat. D-O-P-E. And the, uni- the uniform's kind of like a 2015 Shamrock Series kind of uniform? That color green or what? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's all green. Jersey and pants. Whoa. It's, it's a good look. It's solid. I was salivating. I, 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 I don't know how many highlights of his I watched today. Uh, I mean, as good but... as the Aces uniforms or what? No, no, no. We won't go there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you're a Notre Dame fan, this high school has got some legit shit. And it, it, it's kind of fun. I just don't. Oh, I see it now. This is like, actually, their uniforms remind me a lot of uh, the University of Ohio Bobcats. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That kind of green. Or like when Michigan State wears, they're all green. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah the, you're right. The, the shoulders are very. The shoulder stripes is very. Yeah, you're right. That is exactly what Ohio wears. Yeah. Um, the, the helmet is very under the lights. Uh, 2011. Oh, uh, for sure. I mean, it's dead on. And, that, yeah. and it's just, it, it kind of cracks me. It's a school in Mississippi. I would have never have in a million years. Uh, pin that on. It might be a Catholic school. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't even receive the high school name, uh, but uh, <laughs> I just never would have put that on a Mississippi school that not, they would have those uniforms. Maybe something on the East Coast, or I think uh, Dublin Kaufman here in Ohio. They're called the Shamrocks. They got they got some stuff going on. But uh, Brady Quinn's high school. Yeah, and, uh, and Duque, right? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Can't, for, can't forget him. Never forget him. Yeah, he was like what three players away from being Mister Irrelevant when he was when he was drafted by uh, by Cincinnati, and then look how well he caught on. For you know, he had a he had a nice little career at Cincinnati. Yeah, carved, uh, kind of like a David Bruton kind of carved himself a little himself. niche, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It, dude, look, I I'm not sure how many people I've seen since him that have hit, hit as hard as he did. I mean, remember how hard Duke would just just murder people. Do I remember how hard? Do I have to retweet that in everybody's timeline again? That oh, how, how he separated Calvin Johnson? Johnson, tried to separate Calvin Johnson from his body. So, God, can we say the good old days? I mean, <laughs> Bob Davy was in the freaking booth for that call. That's the thing that always makes me laugh so hard when I think about that game. Musburger, Kirk Herbstreet, and Bob Davy. I can't wait for Bob Davy. I can't wait for his return to Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah. Also, because I, I, he has a he had, like he and Eric Hansen have a very like awkward uh, relationship where like you know Bob Davey once said on a conference call, "Why don't you ask Eric Hansen? He has all the answers or whatever." Well, so I can't wait what's... for Eric. I can't wait for Eric Hansen to get in front of him again. You know. Well, well that's the thing. It, it's not going to happen unless Eric seeks it out. Because now you when you go down for your um, for the press conferences, we're sitting in there and you don't get the opposing head coach anymore. They got they got them separated in their own thing. So if you want stuff from them, you have to go seek them. Now, okay, well, what about like a conference call, like be, going into the week of the game or something like that? I'm just I'm here for yeah. I'm like I got the popcorn ready. I want to hear some kind of awkwardness. In the yeah, I suppose I you know I suppose you know they could take a call in on whenever New Mexico does their their weekly pre presser. I, I suppose so, but. But yeah, but he won't be in. You know, I and I miss that. I miss the opposing coach coming into the room first because fuck now you wait like an hour and a half. It feels like for Kelly to come, you know, out of the locker room finally into the press room. It takes forever. It's ridiculous. 
Uh, but yeah, the, the, the one thing I so would you say, can, you can try to catch the opposing coach. So, so you can go down there and come back and I, I see a few guys do that, but generally you just kind of wait for the transcripts, go back anymore. Um, the one thing I, I miss was um, in, in college, I used to own a couple of like MP3s of, of like, you know, I don't know, just funny little little bits or whatever. And one of them was somebody clipped together all the stupid things Bob Davey had said while we were, you know, because I, I was there during the Bob Davey years. So like, uh, you know, we got we got 12 Rudy's on this team or whatever he'd say. And then, uh, you know, he he'd, he'd remark about the guys in the Air Force like. Well, I don't know how they how they get some of them offensive linemen to those cockpits, you know, and just like <laughs> and just like this really dumb. But they were all like, you know, they were mixed together and like spliced up and cut up or whatever. And I'm maybe there was like an Eminem backbeat or something. I don't know. I mean, I don't even remember 100 percent sure. Oh, but, we, we need to find that because we yeah. We, but we, if sure anyone, we... I'm telling you right now, if anyone listens to this podcast and has the like Harold Swanigan rap or the Bob Davy. Uh, the uh, the uh, Bob Davy cut ups of all of his the stupid things that he said. I'm interested. Please send it my way uh, at Andrew Wynn on, on Twitter. I'm yeah. I'm all for this. I, I wish I'd kept that. But yeah, we definitely need that in our life. Yeah, I I am, I am hoping that this year that we'll get uh, two people up in the uh, box from OFD. And if that's the case, um, I think uh, be uh, Philip and I. So I'll. I will probably make sure I sneak over to Bob Davey <laughs> after the game because uh, I, I just I got to be a part of that. That's I'm that's, sure he'll be in a great mood. That I'm is sure history in the making, and I have to be. I'm going to have to be involved in that somehow. I bet I, you know, I think Bob's. I think I think he'll have a general idea of what's about to happen, and uh, I, I think he'll be in a. I think he'll be in a good mood. Well, I hope he he's, he's a the, cranky shit, though. I mean, I was going to say, I, rem- I hope he remembers the giant paycheck that Notre Dame is obviously cutting to the University <laughs> of Mexico, right? I mean, he he's a cranky, he's a cranky old bastard. I think he's got a little meaner uh, since his return, but. Uh, well, he's a terrible human being. Did you write, did you read the, the expose they wrote about him? The New Mexico oh, I, yeah, yeah that's him? what I'm saying. I mean, it's like, this is not like a, like, hey, he's a good guy, guy. <laughs> so, but he, but he's able to, uh, you know, for how many years was he on TV? And he turned on a persona of like, you know, kind of an aw shucks football coach. Right. You know, I'm curious to see if how much of that comes out. Because, you know, this isn't like a conference game that he's playing in that, you know, that they fucked up and lost. I mean, let's just keep it real. They're probably going to get beat. I don't know. Maybe it'll be badly. But I'm pretty sure he'll have a general – he kind of knows what he's walking into, right? It's not going to be a big, big shock if he loses big. Yeah. Now, if it's a close, now that's not the same. If it's a close game, you know, somehow, you know, it's a close game and they just barely lose. And then some of it's like on some bullshit, like say like a, like a pit 2012 incident or something. Yeah. Uh, then you might get, then you might get some fireworks uh, yeah. because of how, you know, how sweet would that be for, you know, for Davey to come in there and get a win? I mean, I'm sure that question will get asked like 40 sweet, times. Sweet. I don't know. That sounds like I'm, that sounds like my personal nightmare. That sounds like something that <laughs> oh, well, awake at night. Sweet for Bob Davies is what I said. <laughs> Who fucking cares about sweet for Bob Davy, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he does. <laughs> uh, sure, Bob. And if he's married, his lovely wife uh, care about sweet for Bob Davy, And then probably a couple of New Mexico players. But uh, I don't care. I don't give two shits about any of those people. So Thanks for recruiting Justin Tuck. Uh, have a nice day. <laughs> Oh shit! So we've kind of got off the rails, but I, 
But I was just kind of explaining, like, yes, you can brainwash your kids into being uh, against all odds uh, into Notre Dame fans. You know, here's a father, huge Michigan fan, uh, and he lost. <laughs> he, he lost. He lost out. And uh, and my nephew is a, is a giant Notre Dame fan, so we won on that on that one. And awesome. uh, I can't say enough how, like, even my other brother-in-law is another day. I mean, the, like, the rest of the fam. Uh, so and I can't say enough how great of a of a daddy is, first of all, how good, great of a person he is and husband. He's wonderful. Uh, yeah. But that, it's just just so, man, that Michigan thing just sticks there. Like, I borrow well, it, his, it, it's funny I borrow his my... truck a lot. Like, his, his pickup truck. I don't own a pickup truck. You know, I, I need to get one. So I like I need to move shit. I got stuff to throw away. I got all this stuff going on. So I don't, I'll drive up to the body shop and just grab his truck and and go borrow it. But he's got this Michigan helmet hanging from his rearview mirror, and, and I cannot I cannot like put it in reverse until I get that damn thing off the rearview mirror. <laughs> like, yeah, you know my my wife said to me, you know, like you know, what if one of our sons wants to go to USC or whatever? I'm like, what son? You know, and she's like, well, yeah. what, you know, like, you know, you know, Grady or Emerson. I said, I said, I don't know either one of those kids if they go to USC. Like, it's just it's over, you know, and I and and I say that, like, you know, lovingly, I, I obviously love my you know, children. Uh, you know what you but, do that, though, right? You say, let me introduce you to this wonderful Mac conference. There's all <laughs> sorts of schools to go here. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm trying to think about the circumstances under which they would need to go to USC. You know what I mean? So um, I mean, it used to be you know, like a every once in a while school, she changes right? it to Michigan, and I just say I, I don't I don't get it. Why are you seeking out Michigan? You know? So uh, well, if it's going to be a doctor, uh, they can go to IU, right? I mean, she's a lot of places. They want to be a doctor. You're in New York, right? Yeah. Doesn't doesn't New York have a great new uh, college? Like. I almost say free college, but don't they have a, a really good thing for in-state schools? Yeah, I mean they got a they got a SUNY um, system or whatever that that I think is pretty well regarded. It's not you know the top of the, the creme de la creme, but I think a lot of people uh, do quite well you know graduating from SUNY schools and then getting jobs around here and stuff like that. So um, <laughs> if they want to go to a SUNY school, that's fine. I'm just saying like why is USC and Michigan ever on ever, like first of all like we're not taking visits to those schools. That's not happening. We're not buying <laughs> Michigan gear and posing outside the big house and trying to track down Jim Harbaugh or what the fuck people do on <laughs> Michigan trips. I don't, that's not us, you know? So, well, I mean, according to whatever, I can't remember who, who had it out there, that article about uh, Notre Dame legacies, uh, you get about the diversity of the uh, student body or what, or whatnot. You're kind of in, you got, you get, they take that seriously there. So, uh, so you might have it. Yeah. I, I, just, I hear the you know, like, about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was laying, I was laying with my oldest, he's six and uh, I was laying with him, I don't know, probably a month or two ago. And he was, you know, real quiet time. He said, daddy. And I said, yeah. And he goes, why are we Notre Dame fans? And I was like, <laughs> why are we, I mean, like, 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 where do I start? But the genesis of his question was, I mean, we live an hour North of Syracuse. So everyone around here wears orange Syracuse. I mean, if the football team's doing anything good, and all of a sudden, all the Syracuse basketball fans are now football fans, which is fine. It's an, it's annoying, but like 
you know, for all the rap that people get, like Notre Dame football, IU basketball, like I understand like it, right? The impulse right. to like jump on the bandwagon, right? right. And then Syrac- Syracuse basketball season is most the most insufferable, and and I just wait for them to lose in some heinous fashion so that I can silently uh, chortle to myself <laughs> uh, when it inevitably happens. And obviously, didn't have a lot of uh, bragging rights this year uh, with with the way that things went for the Notre Dame basketball men's basketball team, but um, you know, and so I was just explaining to him and. I think he was feeling that kind of isolation, that feeling that all of his friends are Syracuse fans and he, he just, but he, but he loves Notre Dame. And I just, you know, I take little opportunities. He's never been out to campus or anything like that. And we'll do that all in due time, but I take little opportunities and Notre Dame come with their affiliation with the ACC. They come to Syracuse enough. Um, so that I can, you know, I can, but never in football, you'll you'll never get it back in that dome. No, thank God. No, (laughs) I mean, not a great place to play in house of horrors in 2003. (laughs) Yeah. We won't live that again. But, um, so two years ago I took him to a women's lacrosse game, like a real low, like if he, if he got bored within five minutes, it was no, you know, skin off her backs because the parking was free and the tickets were free and everything like that. Just sort of introduce him to the whole scene. And then this year we took him to the women's basketball game and he really seemed to enjoy himself. He, he kind of understood who he was rooting for and got excited that everybody in his section was wearing green and um, you know, and that we got to meet the players afterwards and stuff like that. So uh, slowly, but surely we're, you know, we're, uh, we're bringing him along. And then, you know, my youngest is just, he's, you know, he's way more into trains. If, If there was a Notre Dame train, I think he'd much be much more interested in it, but um, most of the times it's, it's kind of funny because whenever any sports is on, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, hockey, uh, you know, well, can we not watch Notre Dame? Like, uh, well, this is, this, <laughs> this is, is AAF. <laughs> you know, this is a pro league bowling. So you're going to just sit down and enjoy this. No. Um, so we just, um, you know, Notre Dame is a, is a big thing, a big part of our identity in, in this household. And it, and, you know, obviously we've we've outfitted him the right way and given him all the green shirts and stuff like that. And then also limited uh, the number of orange shirts that exist in our house with, uh, <laughs> you know, there's one out of the orange stuffy that's uh, that's allowed in that house. And, you know, and when when Otto's around uh, at the games, you know, Grady's welcome to interact with him. But that's probably the extent of our Syracuse fandom, to be honest with you. So, yeah, that's interesting. You talk about the isolationism. Do you you know where I live, right? In the, the 419 yeah. in Ohio? Let me tell you about the 419, if you don't know. (laughs) Toledo is located in the 419, okay? I live on the border, like 20 minutes northeast of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Like right, you know, right on the Ohio and Indiana border. But this whole area code is just a bunch of fucking misfits, okay? The divide between Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan is so legit. I mean, it's ridiculous how many Michigan fans are in this area and they're all a bunch of fucking traitors. Every <laughs> si- even my brother-in-law, you're a fucking traitor to your state. It's absolutely ridiculous. So my conversations with my son and he'll let me know which one of his friends, like some of his friends, they have no affiliation because maybe their parents aren't into it at all, but he'll let me know which ones are like our Michigan fans, which ones are Notre Dame fans, which are Ohio State fans. And we have that conversation. I think I feel like a lot. And what I tried to explain to Ryan was this. And like my my other fa- my rest of my family like they're big Ohio State haters, right? Like they fucking hate Ohio State, and I get it. And most Notre Dame fans are. But what I tried to explain to my son was this: like, look, you live in Ohio, you were born and raised here in Ohio. So, what's your favorite school? 
It is a private Catholic school. It is Notre Dame. You're Catholic. This is your school. Everyone in Ohio that are Ohio State fans, there's nothing wrong with them. That's what they're supposed to do. This right. is their state. I say that these Michigan fans walking around, they're fucking traitors. They are absolute scum. They're traitors of the earth. And I'd like drill this into them. So bad, like if you see somebody walking down the, the sidewalk wearing a Michigan shirt, and this has happened, well, he'll just start booing. And just like, <laughs> like loud, like, like, dude, stop. And he just keeps going. He'll look at me and laugh and be like, no, boo. I, we, we, are, we have brainwashed him pretty well, I think. So, but explaining to him that, that the whole divide there. And, you know, and it's my own, I guess my own personal outlook at it, playing football in Ohio, like before Urban Meyer got to Ohio State, Ohio State was Ohio's program. Urban Meyer started spreading out, recruiting all, a lot in Texas, Florida, and all that. You know, when it was, when it was Cooper, and especially when it was Trestle, it was Ohio kids. I mean, those teams, those were Ohio football players. And that, in a state like ours, where you constantly hear about Florida, California, Georgia, and all that shit, there's a lot of pride in Ohio about, you know, their high school football. And that was the, the nice thing about, to me, about Ohio State was, you know, I played kids in high school that went to Ohio State. Oh, right. here we go. Your no, high school football that, that, career. That was, no, that was let's it. get that into was, it. No, 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 no. That, that was just... It wasn't even that wasn't even there, Jude. It's just like a, <laughs> just like a, a small antidote. <laughs> just to prove the point that uh, what I'm saying is that these are your people. Sure. These are these are your people. These are Ohioans. And that is their school. So you can root against them, but you have to respect them because these are these are the kids that you're going to play against in high school. You know. And then when Urban got there, all that shit's fucking gone out the door pretty much. But. But for the most part, I kind of do that and just make sure he knows that the 419 is a treacherous, treacherous zip code or uh, area code. You know, Toledo shouldn't even be in this fucking state. They might as well just go right on up there into Michigan. Uh, I'm sorry to all our Toledo peoples, but. Well, they... here's a question I want to ask you. I've been one of the things I track um, on and off is uh, wins versus FBS teams for, since 2010. Obviously, I, I picked 2010 because it's the start of the Brian Kelly era and I'd like to see how. Uh, Notre Dame in the Brian Sorry. Kelly era matches up. Um, I, I guess my question to Michigan fans living in your area is, why don't you root for Toledo if you want to see winning football? <laughs> I uh, mean, in the last uh, nine seasons, Toledo's had more wins, uh, better winning percentage than than Michigan has. So I'm just saying. It's a great Mac program. And as as it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As uh, my Eastern, my emu blood won't let me say too many good things about Toledo. Um, and, you know, that, and that's the interesting thing, too, is uh, emu and, uh, and Toledo had deals with the other states for in-state tuition. So like, if you go to emu, you were paying and you're from Ohio, you're paying, you know, Michigan resident tuition. Same thing with Toledo and, and Michigan residents. Uh, so you get a like those two schools are funny because they're such a like a half and half. And. 
at Eastern, it was I always found it funny because you had all these fucking Ohio people up at Eastern, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when Ohio State played Michigan, you have and we're Eastern is hip and hip with Ann Arbor, right? Ypsilanti mm-hmm. is is right there, hip and hip with Ann Arbor. Uh, it would be like war. I mean, it would be a flat out fucking. I we I got kicked off at Michigan's campus. I I got home from delivering pizzas at at uh, Dow. I used to do this mostly just on Thursday nights, and uh, every once in a while on Friday nights. And it'd be, and so this is a Friday night. I'm out delivering pizzas all night, and uh, and then after the urge, you just party your ass off. So I'm like, I'm on top of my fraternity house, uh, just on the roof, just having a beer or two, uh, five five six o'clock in the morning when I hell it was, and I just hear this fucking chant, this this huge, you know, oh just down the way. It was like fraternity house. It's like four blocks away. So I'm like, man, I'm I'm up. I'm gonna go find out what the hell's going on. So I'm mosing my way down to the Delta Sig house, and and there's just all these Ohio people, and from all the different fraternities there on campus, it was like all the Ohioans got together, and they're all partying that morning, waiting for uh, uh for the Michigan game. So they're like, "Fuck it, let's go to Ann Arbor." So we all pile into these trucks, right? We're like we're and we're just going down Washington Avenue down that way. So there's like five, six pickup trucks just full of assholes. Uh, and I'm one of them. And we get into Ann Arbor and it's just, it's on from there. Like just all sorts of, just think about like some of the worst shit you could say was probably said. Uh, but it was to Michigan fans, so who cares, right? Um, <laughs> but we got stopped by the cops. This is 1990, ah, shit, what year was that? It would have been 1997. Yeah, 1997, um, I think. <laughs> but anyways. Um, the year Michigan won the national championship? I'm sorry, Co won the national championship? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Maybe that wasn't it. Regardless, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. But this was a long time ago, and I'm telling you, no one thought about designated drivers. It just wasn't our thing back then. Uh, no one imagined it. Next thing you know, we got all these cops just basically surrounding us. And luckily, everybody driving a truck is sober. I mean, you would think they wouldn't have been too bad. We're talking about six o'clock in the morning. Um, (laughs) So you would have thought that a few of them would have been like just getting some breakfast in first. uh, And that must have been the case. Uh, But we got kicked out of Ann Arbor. We literally were asked to leave the city. And uh, two cop cars followed the trucks uh, basically to the, the city lines like or one street there in Washington, just kind of, you're from one town, you're the next. And uh, they turned around and uh, we had to go back. But uh, I'm not exactly sure why I told that story other than, you know, fuck Michigan. It will always be fuck Michigan, wherever you're at. Uh, And and in summation, fuck Michigan. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yes, thank you very much. (laughs) But yeah, so I've had that talk with my son about, about what you have to do in this and this area is messed up too you know you got so many double sweater fans you know iu basketball Notre Dame football around this area it's ridiculous and i was one growing up and my grandmother was a huge iu fan and you know my first college football game was actually in bloomington it was indiana michigan state for the old brass platoon it's the first college game i ever went to um but growing up, you know, you're, I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I was rooting for IU basketball. And then if 
finally at some point, I, I can't remember when it was, it was sometime in high school. I'm just like, this has got to stop. I mean, you, you can't, you can't divide like this. I mean, what, you can't do this. I'm telling that to my, and then, so I made the choice and it was a, a pretty relatively easy choice at the time, but made the choice. Like, this is what I'm doing. And which it was hard for me to let that, because I watched a lot of hoops with my grandma. I mean, a lot of, she still alive to this day. She just turned 96 uh, last wow. week. Wonderful woman. Loves her basketball. She's had doctor's orders on a few years for her not to watch games. Um, <laughs> so she paced around the house the whole fucking time, which is just as bad. Uh, but the, it was it's like kind of kind of hard, you know. She brings you up thinking she's got her, you know, I was the oldest grandson. She got her, her little buddy here to watch hoops with, and I kind of turned my back on her. But um, <laughs> but that's a big deal in this area, and I can't stand it. Like I have friends, like good friends that I've grown up with that are that are like that. It's like, no, nah, dude, I'm not gonna talk. I don't care about IU hoops. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna talk talk about this shit. So, but you know, they get this is the battles you face as a parent trying to brainwash your kids, right? Absolutely. I mean, I I feel like I was put on Earth for very few things, and one of them was to. Uh, to reproduce and, and to, uh, you know, make new acolytes of, of Notre Dame. So now, were you, were, were you a Notre Dame fan growing up? Yeah. So, th I mean, I, I, this is kind of, I don't have, um, you know, my father didn't go to Notre Dame or my mother didn't go to Notre Dame or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I think I'm a very typical kid who was born in, you know, late 79, uh, which is that, you know, Notre Dame was basically the only team you could consistently watch on television. And, you know, growing up in a Roman Catholic household, uh, you know, Notre Dame always had a certain allure. So, um, you know, my parents like to tell the story that in third grade, I announced that I was going to go to Notre Dame. And I just, I, I really never kind of shook that. And obviously looked at other schools and applied to other schools and got in some of them and didn't get in some of them. But um, you know, Notre Dame was always, always at the top of the list. So, uh, when I, when I did finally get in, um, I just, no question. Yeah. Right? I felt, yeah, I, I, you know, it was tough. It was tough because I knew that there was money on the table, uh, being offered from other schools. Actually, Syracuse was my number two choice. Um, and my father likes to, to remind me that we went on to the, like what, we, what I guess you would call an official visit to Syracuse. It was a very typical Syracuse day which means that it was raining sideways and somehow freezing cold at the same time. And I famously turned to my father and said, uh, if I ever live here, uh, shoot me. <laughs> and now I live an hour <laughs> north. <laughs> so, um, you know, there, there's a very real alternate, like sliding doors uh, types, you know, 1985A scenario where uh, I go to, a, you know, Syracuse and, um, and still probably end up in Watertown, you know, just because that's, that's what a lot of Syracuse grads end up doing. But, um, Did you find you know, that was that was the case for a lot of uh, a lot of your fellow cl classmates at Notre Dame? Was was Notre Dame a lot of their was it their first choice? I, I kind of feel like, yeah. I mean, I, obviously Notre Dame is a great school. I mean, there's no there's no question. But but you but there are a lot of great schools out there as well. I mean, when you start talking about in that academic realm, and. So I can imagine a lot of them have gotten into like some of the Ivy League schools and all that. You know, was there a lot of people that like this was like this was it for them? This is what they wanted all along. And I, you know, I know there's probably a few that it probably maybe it fell to them or you know wasn't exactly what they wanted to do. 
Um, but they were just so ridiculously smart and whatever you, whatever else it is that uh, you need to get in and got in. Did, but did you find that that was this was a home for people's first first choice? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I never that really is not thought, Eastern. <laughs> yeah, I thought Eastern about, is I, not that mo. I thought I never thought about it in those terms, but um, you know, I definitely room with people that you know. I room with a guy who was in the band, and his father had uh, got into Notre Dame, and he was in the band. So like, this was like this was this was his birthright, right? He, like he grown and, and to take absolutely nothing away from him, he was a tremendously smart guy, and he's a doctor now. So like, clearly he he could have made his own way, and 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 probably got, and he probably did get into a bunch of other schools, but. Um, you know, I think Notre Dame was always going to be the path for him. And then, you know, one of my, my closest friends to this day went to Notre Dame and he doesn't give a shit about the football team. Like I I try to engage him about, you know, the football team and he's only like, just like, just scratch the surface knowledgeable about, about what's going on with the football team. Um, you know, he likes pro sports, so he's certainly not, he's not objecting to sports, but he went to Notre Dame because he had a renowned business school. That's what he wanted. You know, he wanted a degree from the Mendoza College of Business because he knew that it would open doors um, that wouldn't be open otherwise. You know, so, um, you know, I it's it's you know, we all have our bring our Catholic identity into it, you know, or most of us bring our Catholic identity into it. And, yeah, probably for a lot of people it was their number one choice, but it wasn't their number one choice just because, you know, they said something silly when they were in third grade saying they wanted to go to Notre Dame or you know, they took, you know, from the time that they were in, uh, you know, diapers or whatever, their parents were taking them out to games and stuff like that. So um, I, I think Notre Dame is a is a draw for uh, for people for all kinds. And, 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 and to be honest with you, you know, if either one of my sons wants to go to Notre Dame, I'm, I'm going to be thrilled because that means that they're smarter than their old man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it's, I, getting, I, only I, get, it's only getting harder and harder. Right? I, I, you know, like, you know, we had a. <laughs> A Notre Dame club meeting the other day, and and they told me about the median SAT score to get in now, and and I, I was nowhere near that. I'm not I'm not smart enough to, at this date to, to get into Notre Dame. It's gotten a lot more competitive. Uh, it's gotten a hell of a lot more expensive, obviously too. Um, so I don't know how <laughs> we're gonna. Uh, how we got a half a billion dollar stadium to pay for. Yeah, I, I don't know how we're gonna swing that exactly, but um, you know, I'm I'm just you know I want my kids to to be happy wherever they are. So, um, you know, I think they could be happy at any place outside USC and Michigan. Um, you know, and, and, you know, look, USC has got a, a renowned film school or whatever. So if, if that was their passion or something like that, and they felt like the, the only way to get the education and the context they needed was to go to USC, like we could certainly have that discussion, but right now I'm not entertaining that there's six and four for Christ's sake. You know? yeah, so yeah. I just, let, I'm just making let sure me that have my indoctrination time. You know? yeah, no, no doubt. You know, and that's funny. I, I know I've, I've, I've probably told, told this before but I'll, I'll say it again because look like we're choosing schools right like it, it, look think back to when you were when you were that age and you're trying to figure out where you're going to go to school and all that and I, I think so much of it I can look back and I can relate it to like kids nowadays being recruited like when you're like like think about like the Deontay Greenberry situation right like why the fuck would you go to Houston and and you, there's just so much that goes into all this and, I mean, was there ten thousand dollars in a envelope you know, I, for my mom somewhere? I'm, well, I don't know. And that, and that, my point is, is that you just never know what's going to happen uh, right. with certain kids. Like my whole, my whole high school career, I was geared up to go to Miami of Ohio, 
And actually, my, the two schools I was looking at the most and wanted to go to was either Miami, Ohio, or Cincinnati. There seemed to be like a large handful of people that I graduated with that were going to go, go to Cincinnati. And I really wanted nothing to do with that. Like, I, I wanted to go somewhere where nobody else was going to. Like, a ton of them were, like, going to Bowling Green, Cincinnati. And I just kind of wanted, wanted to, like, I, you know, I don't know, like, row my what, – what did Tao say? You know, I wanted to paddle my own canoe or whatever. To, sure. Well, it was just one of those things. And so, for, like, three years, I'm, like, fixated on Miami and Cincinnati, boiled it down like I'm going to Miami. And I don't know why, but it took a – Took a trip one day to to Ypsilanti, uh, just on a visit to the school, and you know walked around, took the tour, like you, you know, kind of like your a student's official visit kind of a thing, and you know, and I had my acceptance to Miami, and I was all ready to go, right, and and uh, for whatever reason, at the, at the end of the tour, I'm sitting there talking to uh, two of the academic advisors, and they just say, "Well, uh, how would you like to go here?" and, and I signed up that fucking day. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I didn't have my mom was my mom and my aunt were with me. I don't know where they weren't with me when I was in that room. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, ended up I just I like yeah yeah I, I want to go here. And there, I mean there was there's a lot of things that I end up I liked about the school uh, when we were walking around and and um, I, I had an older friend um, from our high school that that went there. He was on the golf team. Uh, and had a lot of great things to say about him, and I really don't know. This is my point: is, is that you're an 18 year old kid, you don't have a fucking clue about life. Like I wasn't even 18; I guess I was only 17 then. Yeah, no clue, right? So I walk Absolutely. out of that room. And I, I walk out of that room and I tell my mom, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going here. She's like, what? And she, my mom was with me on my visit to Miami and was like, like making love to every spot because my, my Ohio is a beautiful campus. It's not a typical Mac school. It's a well, Mac school, a lot of Mac schools are like half commuter and like very like 19, like 70s architecture style, you know, Miami, Ohio has got more of that brick and ivy East Coast feel to it on campus. And, uh, you know, mom's just like, oh, having a baby <laughs> at every corner. Uh, so she was like mortified. Um, then my aunt had one of her, her nieces went to, went to Eastern and she was all, she's like, oh yeah, this is great. And my mom's looking at her like she's crazy. But end up, what my whole point is, is what I, is what I just said. is like, you're set, these 17 years old, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. So when people don't know, when the people come down on these recruits, like trying to choose a school and like everything they said up to one point is one thing and all of a sudden they do something else, it happens. I mean, and that was, a, that was a very little pressure on me. You know, it wasn't like I had a coach, you know, or another player or, or a hostess uh, applying the pressure to me about, about that school. It, and I just, I changed my mind. It's something I had dead set on for three, four years like that in one afternoon, it can happen. It, yeah. It's, it's such a, I, and I'm glad that experience happened because of what I do now. And I can, as far as I can, can look at these, these recruits decisions and understand like, look, if it doesn't make sense, it's okay. It totally made sense to them. You know, it may not be the right choice even, but I can understand they're going to come up with something else in their head. And it's very easy, very easy uh, for these guys to change their minds. So it is what it is, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, look, 
recruits say things that are so 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 many things that are just eye rolling or just painful and awkward, right? Um, you know, <laughs> bomb <laughs> visit and like that place was so dope and everything was you know to one hundred or whatever. Um, you know, the one thing I never roll my eyes at because <laughs> I I honestly feel like it happened to me was when people say I picked Notre Dame because it felt like home. That's I mean, and you can you can be snarky about that and say, oh, well, look, you were surrounded by a bunch of white people. I mean, I went to an all Catholic <laughs> boys high school like it was predominantly white, you know, like upper middle class or upper class or whatever. So, like, look, Notre Dame felt like home because it was it was a bunch of people that looked like me and, and were from the same economic background and stuff like that. But I feel like. For me, it was it was, and for I think a lot of people who say that it, it is much more than that. It's just a feeling that you get, and I think you were trying to say it when you were you were on campus or whatever. Like when you got to Eastern Michigan, you weren't expecting to feel the fe- things you were feeling, but you just you, you felt them, and then you were saying this is this is the right fit. Now sometimes, like you say, you're 17, 18 years old, and your gut kind of leads you astray. You know, yeah. you talk yourself into something that you think that you want, and then it's it's kind of a shit show you know i think about the alternate reality in which i get and that i which i attend wake forest right because i got i applied to wake law school wake forest and i got in there and they're big on uh sorority life and fraternity life and and really that's that's not really my style i like that the dorms that notre dame provided that kind of that fraternity-esque feeling without the the pressure, societal pressures of like rushing or pledging or anything like that you know and that's I mean? so great so, that you mentioned that because that was that was one of my big things about Miami of Ohio. They're like 70, like 75% Greek. And the, the one thing, the one negative to me in my mind when I was going through all that was that I wasn't sure that's what I wanted to do. And I sure as shit didn't want to go, go to a school where that wasn't what I was going to do. And I was like, I felt like a total, like not outcast, you know what I mean? But you're going against the grain pretty hard there. And so like, and that comfort for me was like, I was looking for something totally different. I'm from, I mean, I'm from Fort Wayne. You're, when you're living in this area, Fort Wayne is basically your home base. Everything else is just a suburb, basically, right? But uh, Eastern was just so different. It was much more urban than Miami, Ohio. We still have that country feel uh, that you get here in Hicksville. And th- that was all different. And, what, and that's the, the irony is, is I, I rushed for fraternity, like, I don't know, in week one. <laughs> you're, I'm out throwing a football with, with a guy and a guy that lived on the same floor of the dorm, he was a sophomore, was in a fraternity and he's like, man, you're, you're pretty fast. And the, and the guy that I was th- throwing the football with, he was a state champion quarterback uh, at Clyde High School in Ohio. Uh, and was going to play baseball at Eastern, but he totally screwed up his shoulder his senior year, so he wasn't doing any sports. Uh, so we're out there just like killing it, throwing a football around and they're like, yeah, so we were actually playing football for the fraternity before they even accepted our pledge. Like when we went in, like you do this thing and then the, the, the side, if they're going to take you in as a pledge or not, or mm-hmm. we call them candidates, uh, they vote. Well, we've already been playing football for these guys for like three weeks, <laughs> three or four weeks. <laughs> so we actually got people trying to blackball us because they were pissed that we were playing, <laughs> playing for the fraternity before we had even, uh, you know, before they even extended a pledge uh, <laughs> to us. <laughs> So that's the irony is my, my big flaw with my Ohio was Greek life. And yet I go Greek within, you know, a few days up at Easter. So that's what I'm saying. You have no fucking idea what you're doing or what you want or what's, 
Yeah, and I was I was I was all over the place. I was very scattershot in my picks. You know, my my schools that I want that I was most interested in attending were um, Middlebury, which is a small liberal arts college up in in Vermont, which I did not get into. Um, you know, Wake Forest, aforementioned Wake Forest, Syracuse, Notre Dame, um, Boston University. You know, so oh, the you, know, you think about you th- yeah, you think about Boston University, like city campus, huge, you know, huge populated city versus, um, you know, like a Syracuse or even a Middlebury or something. I didn't really have a good idea of who I was. And that's why I think my reaction, my things were sort of all over the place. And that's why I think Notre Dame, you know, had its creature comforts, but, you know, it, it was familiar and safe, but it also worked out great for me because um, that's sort of where I could start to find myself a little bit, you know, and figure out who the frick I was, you know? And see, now you have all this, I mean, I, I just, all those memories to me are, are, are so vivid. Like I, like they are like burned into my brain and you think back like how long, I mean, I'm, I think I've said this every podcast, I'm 40 years old. (laughs) (laughs) This is becoming like, you remember how this is the thing like, like, it's like Star Wars when they're saying, like Star Wars when they're saying, I have a bad feeling about this. This is this is my version of that. I'm 40 years old, <laughs> but uh, you know that was a that was a long fucking time ago. But it's still like it feels like yesterday in my head, and even like the debates in my head that I didn't talk to any. You know, most of my friends weren't going to college that that I was good friends with, and so it wasn't these weren't like conversations I was having with them, and or even my parents or anybody. It's like my, my own debate inside my head because I'm a weirdo. Um, but, you know, I, I remember all that, and I'm hoping that I could just hold on to that a little bit longer. Uh, you know, I have a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 3-year-old, and I just want to make sure that those experiences don't aren't wasted. You know, that, that I, I'm going to be able to fall back on those when they're going through this stuff. And, I, and stuff is so different anymore anyways. I mean, sure. fuck, it's ridiculously still different. But the feelings are still the same, right? Like No matter what, you can go back in whatever decade you want to go, you know, a high school kid trying to pick a college and, you know, for it, the reasons involved are all basically the same. Uh, that stuff, that, that will probably never change. So to remember exactly what you were going through and, and, and hold that, as high as what you want for your kid, uh, you know, hold those two in the same regard. Uh, and I hope that I can make it. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm, I mean, we, we, you know, our club just got notification that, a um, a young woman from Watertown got admitted to Notre Dame during regular admission. And I felt as proud for her as if it was my own kid. I just, I was so thrilled that somebody from my small community got into Notre Dame and if she doesn't ultimately pick Notre Dame, and I have no idea what her other schools that she got into were, um, it's it's not going to be soul crushing or anything like that. I'm going to root for her to to pick the right fit or whatever. But at the same time, if she was like, "Hey, tell me about the Notre Dame experience," I could t- I could get I could draw her a very good picture of what I it got was your like, back uh, between uh, 1998 and uh, 2002. But you know, it's getting. You know, they didn't have the DeBartolo Performing Arts Center when I was there. They didn't have the Jordan Hall of Science when I was there. Eddie Street Commons didn't exist when I was there. So my Notre Dame experience will, 
I, there will be some commonality, some some touch points that we could always talk about. I mean, the Grotto didn't move suddenly in the last 17 years. Um, but How you much know, has ResLive changed? Uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, we had our first, uh, I think the, the first year of the Gay and Lesbian Student Film Festival was my final year. So, and now that thing is you know, probably, uh, well, I guess 20 years in, you know, you didn't have Garth Brooks playing in the stadium. Yeah, no, we did definitely did not have Garth. We had, we had third eye blind at the Steppen center. Okay. That's, that's what we're and And you know, the big, the big acts when I was there, like Bob Dylan came through the Jack with the Brian Setzer orchestra and, uh, you know what I mean? So like, it's gotten a little, it's gotten a little far field. So uh, obviously I can, I can evoke the passion and the feeling that I felt, but if she wants to know about uh, dining options or, you know, dorm, dorm life or whatever, I could, I, I, it's getting a little, it's getting a little far away from me. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I, I just am excited about people, uh, you know, getting into Notre Dame and being excited about going to Notre Dame because that's what I was when I was 17, 18 years old. This is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not even, I, I'm sorry, I think of, if we could even still call this the hashtag dad life episode anymore, it's like, let's, <laughs> let's take this back and figure out what hashtag. the fuck we're doing. How did we get here <laughs> in our life? <laughs> Re- rewind. Yeah. Look, look, uh, I never promised you a rose garden. Uh, I don't know. Like, Hey, look, uh, we're having a, a ton of fun. Just kind of, uh, having a conversation about, uh, Notre Dame and Notre Dame tangential things. So if this episode didn't strike anybody's fancy, uh, next week is probably going to be talking a lot about preparations for the blue goal going blue goal game. And, uh, you know, uh, we're already into the draft month for NFL draft. So I'm sure that we have, uh, yeah, everything's wrapping to, up. Look, yeah. we weren't exactly sure what we were doing when we signed up for a week for a podcast a week. Um, uh, no, I know. I know for a fact we had no fucking idea what we were doing. <laughs> we signed up for a podcast a week, uh, but damn it, that's what we're delivering. Um, and you know, I don't know. I guess it's so relevant. But look, I can't stress enough, like how much nothing as far as the football program is going on for us to talk about. Like, there's a ton of shit going on there. But I, I said in an article the other day, it it's. It's no, there's no reason why Notre Dame opened up so many practices to the media the, this time around. It's not, you know, it's, there's just such a big carousel. It didn't matter. You know, what they're doing, they're solid at the offensive line. We know pretty much exactly what's going on there. Ian Book is your starter at quarterback. You know, they're trying to find one receiver and they seem to be doing okay with that because they're not going after Eric Kuma anymore as a grad transfer. And so they're just trying to find one more receiver Really, I, really, maybe two, and then some guys filtering on on a rotation. None of these battles, either a have to be decided before the end of spring, and b they won't be anyways. Uh, and it's, you got an entire fall camp, and they're going to get to that. And you know, linebackers same situation. We're solid at safety. You know, although he's got the the abdominal injury, he's he's hanging out. There's lots of little things you can pick up from spring, and. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of practice footage that's not going on though, uh, coming out. So people aren't seeing it. There's lots of little things going on there and the reports from everybody coming out has got some stuff and you'll see a few things in the blue goal game, but you know, fair warning, the blue goal game is not going to be what you think it's going to be. <laughs> uh, it never is. 
uh, unless you're like me and walk in completely skeptical and then you're pretty well pleased because it's about what, what you thought was going to come up. So we're not trying to be dismissive about the whole situation because uh, spring football is important, but I mean, I mean, we'll continue to update you not only through the podcast, but on, on, you know, the site, um, you know, J- Jeff wrote an article, uh, this week about you know the nickel position being his favorite uh, spring battle or whatever. That's a great. And that's um, a great choice. Yeah, and and again, just like linebacker, um, a lot of stuff is up in the air and it's not getting resolved quickly. And I know people want quick, and and I and I get it because people want certainty. And the faster that we have certainty, uh, the faster we can get comfortable with the with the new paradigm, uh, where whatever it may be. But um, these things take time, and they're not. They're not they're They haven't been played out yet. And when Clark Lee said, I don't have a depth chart and I want to look at a depth chart. I mean, I feel like people should have taken fucking that. Met yeah. <laughs> should have taken that pretty seriously and understood that that meant that he not only wanted that for February, but he wanted that for March and, and into April. And so that they're still trying different iterations of who looks, who looks good at, uh, you know, Mike Buck and Rover. Right. So we're going to continue to to do that, and when there's when there's definitive information, then we're certainly going to report on it or or pass it along to our readers. All right. So whatever that episode was, we're <laughs> we're, we're done. Uh, so, but we got uh, we got our usual sound off. So uh, I we haven't we didn't talk about this pregame at all. Uh, so I'm curious to know what uh, what you got to sound off about tonight here, Jude. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, <laughs> I thought you left for a second. No, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, man, come back. We're not done. <laughs> uh, since we, you know, people have already tuned out by now. Notre Dame women's lacrosse has a major game tomorrow. They play the number one team, Boston College. Boston College has not lost all season. If there's one team, I think that could give Boston College fits because they do things that Boston College does well, but better than them. It's Notre Dame. Um, I'm not predicting an upset. It's a game on the road. It's going to be a tough game. Boston College got a great team. They were finalists in the championship game last year. They did, they did not win, but they, they uh, finished second. So uh, they've returned a lot of people. It's going to be a great game. So, so that is uh, my recommendation at 1 o'clock tomorrow. If you've ever uh, had any curiosity about women's lacrosse and based on the hits I get on my, my stories, that's probably none of you. Uh, but uh, tune in tomorrow, uh, AS- e- uh, ACC Network Extra. You can get it through Watch ESPN or whatever. Uh, check out the ladies. There are a lot of talented people on that Notre Dame team, and they're going to be really fun to watch. And I think this is a year that they could actually make a real splash in, in the NCAAs, which they've really never done under uh, – coach christine halfpenny so that's my that's my little plug for tomorrow oh that's fantastic and so to me now and i would be remiss and i'm sure uh of the little response we get about this podcast this would be one of them that we didn't say anything about the women's basketball team Uh, (laughs) at all so we're getting there um hey i made another final four they're taking on uconn i put out one tweet today about uh about muffet and I got the fucking, I reaped the whirlwind of uh, UConn fans coming at me. Uh, I mean, they're coming at me strong, talking some shit about Gino. Um, and I, I'm not surprised. I love it, actually. I mean, that's fantastic. Like, I was going to clap back at a few of them, but I was just kind of waiting to see how many were coming. And I kind of ran out of my own time in my life to, like, sit down and, like, have fun with these people. Uh, but that's great. You know, there's a, there's a massive women's basketball rivalry 
this is it. It's UConn, Notre Dame, and Gino and Muffet, the final four. I mean, this is huge. And they had a great game against Stanford second half-wise uh, to make it there. I, they literally shot 25% from the field in the first half and then 70% in the second half. Like a ridiculously, that's the total. Definition. I thought it was very reminiscent of last year's national championship game where yeah. they went qualified for that. Seven points we the- talked about it with Matt last week, but um, you know they stepped up when they needed to, and I love that they turn on the, the the Jets. You know, it's almost like they hit the nitrous uh, or the nitrogen or whatever that whatever the thing in the Fast and the Furious is, where they hit that button and then they just start going so sure, fast. Sure, sure, ask the Matt guy about about, <laughs> about Fast and the Furious. So, I'll tell you, it's, like, it's nitrous. Fixed- it's in the yeah, trunk. somebody fix my uh, Fast and Furious now knowledge <laughs> in the comments section of this uh, of this podcast. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was it was fun to see, and you know, Stanford's a legitimate team. That was a, that was a legitimately good win, and yeah, it's look, nobody ever said it was going to be easy. Uh, UConn is 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 as historically given Notre Dame fits. I love the uh, the fact that Gino and uh, and Muffet don't like each other, and they don't make they don't they make it pretty clear about that. Uh, I love that Muffet has blocked uh, Brianna Stewart on Twitter. I mean, I lo- I'm here for all of that kind of petty. So uh, let's get out, go out and get a big W. And then what Baylor after that? I mean, this it's not going to get easier. So no, no, this, this, this is, this is the action right here. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is where it's going to be all at. So right. good luck to the, good luck to them. The fighting Irish, not the lady Irish y'all. And that isn't a political correctness thing. That is, Look, there's just no such thing as Lady Irish. You're either fucking yeah. Irish or you're not. Like you're, you're Italian, you're Swedish, you're fucking Polish. <laughs> Go buy a Dingus Day shirt on OneFootDown.com right now. Uh, <laughs> big Dingus Day celebration in South Bend. Go get your shirts. Uh, but no, you're you're either fucking. This is a binary thing. It's like you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. Uh, so they are the Fighting Irish. They're not Lady Irish, and this that isn't a PC thing. Um, so anyway, so and then I just I wanted to give one last special thing and that's uh really my hats off to the Notre Dame hockey team uh it was a very disappointing finish uh uh you know go to gets UMass for nothing it was a whirlwind there in the second period um but this was a this was definitely a season that we weren't sure what was going to happen and then you thought that they wouldn't even make the tournament then they win the big 10 <laughs> and then they you know at least they won one game in in the uh in the tournament so this was it, it was a good season uh, it was definitely more than what we were, what we expected, and hey, my hats off to them. Those guys played their asses off. UMass is a ridiculously fast team. Uh, oh my God, they were, that was amazing to watch. Um, and so you know, next year you know coming straight out of Compton, so <laughs> <laughs> which which is a big. I we could have had those shirts, and uh, and we don't have the straight out of Compton shirts now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the Frozen Four to drop those. That was going to be a special surprise. But if somebody wants to send Mayor Pete a, a Polish South Bend uh, shirt, you know where to find it. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, down. I will make you an internet hero if you get Mayor, Mayor Pete one of the uh, the Dingus Day, uh, the Pole-ish shirts that we have on the uh, site. Get him one. Um, I just think that'd be funny. So if you if you do it uh, and prove it, I'll make you an internet hero for a day. Um <laughs> So, <laughs> so check out the site onefootdown.com. Check us out on Twitter at onefootdown. You got Jude over there at Andrew Wynn. Don't worry about my personal account. I'm rarely there. Uh, on Instagram at onefootdown SBN. 
Uh, and then obviously on uh, Facebook uh, with the rest of the country, uh, not po- talking politics. So uh, from us to you, thanks for listening and go Irish. Go Irish.